as business owners, we know that we can't just take home paper for free and we have to take responsibility and the buck stops with us and it's up to us to future plan and to have the vision. And we need to break this down to its basic building blocks. So the key here is a trading plan. You're listening to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, the podcast for coaches, thought leaders, and change makers who are ready to become the standout expert. If that's you, stay tuned because you're in the right place. I'm your host, Samantha Riley, and I want to help you build a successful business sharing your expertise, generate the impact and income you need to create your ideal lifestyle. It's time to make a difference and scale up. Are you ready? Let's enter the lab. Welcome back to another episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab. I'm super excited to be back with you today with a a good friend of mine, Louise Bedford, who is a best-selling author of five books on the share market. She's a behavioral finance expert and has degrees in psychology and business. She's been running her program since the year 2000, and she's the founder of the Talking Trading Podcast. And just all around amazing person. I'm really looking forward to chatting to you today, Louise. Welcome to the show. Uh, I'm looking forward to it as well, Samantha. We've known each other for a few years now. I love that we've got so many things in common and so many values that we share. That's so true. So true. And uh, I'm glad that we're finally recording this after I think probably the longest plan for a podcast episode ever. (laughs) 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 Why don't you start off by sharing a little bit about your background and how you came to be doing what you do? Because I think that'd be a really great place to start. Sure. So um, I kicked off in the corporate career. I loved my job. I know a lot of people don't enjoy their jobs, but I loved climbing the corporate ladder. I loved all of the things that I'd learned at uni. I was able to apply. I had a fantastic team and it was a national team and even some international people too. So I got to travel to Canada and the US, travel all around Australia, looking after my people. I loved that nurturing side. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately for me, I had a health issue. So I have only actually worked a real job for six years of my life. Oh, wow. (laughs) I didn't realize that. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. So everything else after that, it was sort of like a, a complete ablation from one life to another because I had a difficulty with my hands and within a couple of weeks I was unable to use my hands or my arms and it took three years or so to be able to get movement back, any movement. That's huge. It has taken the best part of my life to recover from this. Wow. So I do feel though, do you know sometimes the things that happen to us that are difficulties, they sometimes create the best memories and create the biggest opportunities. Mm. And I really wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now if it hadn't been for those early experiences. Mm. It's such a, it's so wonderful to be able to, to be able to see. And it doesn't mean that you think that it's an amazing thing that happened. Obviously, I can't even imagine what it would be like to not have the use of my hands for three years, but to still have gratitude not for the event, but for the, for what came out of it. I think that's fantastic. And I think that that's something that we can all sort of tap into because all of us have things in our life, obviously at different, you know, at varying degrees, but we all have things that haven't gone well. And to be able to really 
have gratitude for what comes out of them is such a special gift. I think also that it's okay to feel really black because mm-hmm. there's so much information about gratitude. You know, we're mm-hmm. told to list, especially in the pandemic, mm-hmm. list three things every day, keep a gratitude journal, talk about it with your kids. But it actually negates the fact that for some of us, while we're in the thick of it, we have to feel what we need to feel. Mm -hmm. We have to feel those black feelings. We have to say it's okay to sit in sewage and to feel like you Mm. cannot breathe. Mm. That is more human and more understood by most people who have had some bout with depression in terms of empathy for others. Mm. A lot of people who haven't had a difficulty, they really just go, well, what's your problem? Just snap out of it. Mm. You know, I'm really hoping with the pandemic where a lot of us have been locked in for extended periods of time, that that will increase our empathy and make us realise that people with disabilities, people with life hardships, perhaps it will give us an inkling into what they're going through. Mm, Such a good point. I love that so much. This episode is made possible by your podcast concierge. Editing your podcast can be time consuming. Your podcast concierge offers comprehensive and affordable podcast production and social media marketing services to help you grow your podcast and business faster. Go to yourpodcastconcierge.com and book a call via the Let's Talk button on the homepage and receive 50% off your first month when you mention Thought Leaders Business Lab. So how did you start off trading? Because that's your story of corporate and what happened. How did you transition into trading? Because that's kind of where you started from this, this new transition, right? That's exactly right. Um, I was trading before my arms decided not to move. Mm-hmm. And I never really took it very seriously to begin with. Mm-hmm. I kept on adding money from my <laughs> from my pay package to my trading account because my trading account was going down and down and it it really did. It it was really quite appalling to begin with. But when things really started to dawn on me that I might not be able to work a job again, Mm -hmm. I might not be able to have the freedom that I think a lot of us crave because my body was starting to pack up, trading suddenly took over. I decided to become more professional. I wrote a trading plan. I started associating with the right people. I started explaining it to others because I think if we teach it, it actually helps us clarify Mm -hmm. our thoughts. Mm -hmm. So with the other people that I hung around with in the hydrotherapy pool to get movement back into my arms, I started saying, you know, hey, this is what I'm doing. And it's an intellectual thrill, but it's also a way to get off the pension and to rise above, to escape the boundaries of our broken bodies. And I think all of that has fed into what I do today, which is to teach other people how to trade effectively so that they can have choices and the freedom that they're looking for so that they can have the lifestyle that they want. Mm, So good. I love that you mentioned that you taught other people because my background is dance, as many people know. And 
I used to ask my students if they couldn't if they couldn't understand a, a series of movements or they were struggling with in class, I always used to tell them to go home and teach it to their mum or their dad. And they used to think it was hilarious. And I used to, the mums would be like, why are you doing that? And I was saying, just because by them having to explain it to you helps them to grasp the concept a lot better. It always worked. So it's a really great way to learn something is to teach someone else. So I love that you said that. And actually, when I wrote my first book way back last century. (laughs) Stop it. Just don't. (laughs) I remember my editor telling me, she said, this is a very risky time for you because your trading could go one of two ways. When people write a book, either their ego gets so big that they think they know it all and Mm -hmm. their trading goes to the crapper they realise what they don't know because all of a sudden they're in a bigger swimming pool, you know, Mm -hmm, they're in the mm -hmm. ocean instead of a little puddle and it makes them a little bit wary Mm. because, heck, you know, this this is a very big thing to be doing and I really need to perfect my skills because I need to be able to explain it well. It can go one of two ways. So I like that too with the dancing. I like the fact that when we're teaching, we have to have a layer of structure in place. We can't be all over the place. We have to be focused and it has to progress from step to step. Otherwise, you can't convey those facts. Mm, Love it. Now, what I really like about this topic of trading is I think that having multiple streams of income is an absolute necessity. And it's something that I've certainly had my whole life. However, I don't trade. I'm afraid of it because I don't understand it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I'd love you to share for people that are in business what your, I guess, take or perception is of adding this type of income stream to their business like how does it how does that help them and why is it so important yeah that's great look i think because your people are generally business owners Mm -hmm. they've already got a step going in the right direction Mm -hmm. because as business owners we know that you know we can't just take home paper for free and Mm -hmm. we have to take responsibility and the buck stops with us and it's up to us to future plan and to have the vision All of those aspects are what creates a good trader. So good traders are self-reliant, they're independent, they know when to seek out a mentor. So really those principles will carry you far. And we need to break this down to its basic building blocks. Mm -hmm. So the key here is a trading plan. Mm -hmm. Now, business plans are one thing. Mm -hmm. For sure, we're all guided by our business plans in business. The same goes with trading. So a trading plan has to encourage you to put everything down on paper in advance Mm -hmm. so that you're not making a decision on the spur of the moment, that there's nothing in the market that will shock you, Mm -hmm. that there's no area that will creates that tension and that confusion in that spur of the moment because I do think that our IQs drop by 10 points under pressure. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I think it's probably even more. (laughs) (laughs) Completely. So to be able to have a trading plan, and I've got a trading plan template that people can get for free so that you can cover all of the areas that are important as a trader so that you can pre-consider 
these ideas. And the key areas to think about is entry, mm-hmm. exit, and position sizing. So mm-hmm. when to get in, when to get out, and how much money to place into each position. They are the key concepts. So if we could just break it down to its basic building blocks, I think it can be a simpler way to go about trading. Otherwise, it's a big swelling mess and nobody would get involved because it sounds terrifying. (laughs) Well, it does to me anyway, but I'm sure we'll sort that out in here. (laughs) Um. Before before you even put a trading plan in place, do you work with your clients or do you suggest people even go one step back and figure out why they're doing this in the first place? Uh, it is a really important point to know why you're doing any endeavour. You know, as adults, we have so many conflicting things. We get so many demands on us, whether it's kids, whether it's our own parents, whether it's our own education. So we're not going to stick at something unless we have a real reason. The majority of my traders that have got that real reason, they find their way through and it's wonderful to watch. One of the people that I've just adored seeing trade is a lady whose husband left her when she was eight months pregnant. I know. And he wanted the baby it wasn't like it was a complete surprise in their 40s okay Uh so really now time's ticking on and she trades because she just knows that she wants to show that she can do it he doesn't pull her strings anymore Mm -hmm. she's paying for private school for their child who's now you know in primary school and I love that because even though technically it's not a positive (laughs) <laughs> it's not like a carrot, is it? It's, it's more like, you know, I'm going to show you type of mm, motivation. Mm. I love that because sometimes those core tribal emotions, those really caveman types of those parts of us, they can be really powerful in driving us. Mm. So if you're trading because you don't want to say yes to your boss all the time, you don't want to weak weekend work. You don't want to take on the hours of that corporate career. You want to have choices. You want to have freedom. You want to spend time with your family. You want to travel. All of those reasons are the reasons that the top traders use to motivate themselves. I think it's really important to acknowledge that all of us have different motivators. I heard one day, and this was years and years ago, that we shouldn't have motivators that are outside of us, that it should be internal. And at the time, it didn't really resonate with me because everything that I was doing at that time, and and we, we all have different motivators at different times of our life. And I actually posted about this on social media just last week, actually. With, at that particular time, my motivator was my children. I wanted to make sure that they were at their private schools that we chose. I wanted to make sure that we were going overseas every year. And it, it's no one else's business what our personal motivators are and whether people think that that fits within their values because it actually doesn't matter. So I think it's fabulous that she's found those motivators that work for her and it really doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. Yeah, I completely agree. I I don't think that that advice you were given was a positive for you. I think also it comes down to internal and external locus of control. So internal locus of control is where we take responsibility for our own actions and external is where we blame external reasons. So 
at different times, different components of these are useful. Mm -hmm. For example, if you've had a business that hasn't worked out, if you have an external locus of control and you blame your business partner, you blame the environment, you blame, blame, blame anybody, anybody, your mom once locked you in a room when you were five years old, poor <laughs> you, you know, yeah. <laughs> you won't learn from your experiences. That internal locus of control really is important because we need to take responsibility for our actions mm. and to say, what can we do to change? So there are things you can control, there are things you can't control, but internal locus of control allows us to work out the things we can control. And I think that is really of value, whether you're looking to be a good trader or whether you're looking to excel in business. Mm. Let's talk a little bit about your business because you have been in business for a really long time and you have a business partner that you've been in business with for more than 20 years, I believe. Yes. How did you meet him and what inspired you to take on a business partner? Because this is a question I get a lot. Should I have a business partner or should I go it alone and bring other people in in different capacities? Yes. Well, it was a little bit of a stumble across each other situation uh -huh. um, when my arms weren't moving, but I, I'd managed to have some level of public profile in the share market. It wasn't like now where I'm a household name with the share market. Back then, I was still establishing myself. I did a little warm-up act. I did like a 10-minute presentation before Chris Tate, my future business partner, hopped on stage and did the one-hour act. And ah, the warm-up yeah, act I was trick. the warm-up act. <laughs> <laughs> and that particular unfortunate evening... Nothing worked. The door was locked when we got there. There were 400 people queuing up outside. We couldn't even get in. We couldn't find the light switch. Oh, no. Then the data projector didn't work, and we had to use one of those very old-fashioned projectors. We put a laptop underneath that projector so it projected it up onto oh, the screen. Oh, my goodness. It was incredible. So because I was presenting with the world-famous Christopher Tate, <laughs> and I'd never met him before and I was clearly daunted. I sprang into ridiculous management mode and I said, you, you find an electrician, you, you find a locksmith. And right, all I remember is Chris sitting back on a chair with his arms crossed. Then he put his arms behind his head and he just laughed at me because he thought it was hilarious seeing this little thing boss everybody around. So I think that set the tone <laughs> <laughs> For our friendship and our ultimate business partnership, we hung out with each other because we were bored. There's not much to do as a full-time trader. Okay. You know, we earn money, but then you don't have the hours that a corporate job would have mm -hmm, you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in the end, we just caught up with each other every second day and we said, what can we do together? Because, hey, we enjoy each other's company. So it's friendship first, business second, and then a lot of, you know, territory wars as we were yep. settling in. Yep. It wasn't all very smooth. And Area that I thought was brilliant, we've got a wonderful accountant and he recognised what was happening with us, mm -hmm. with these territory wars, and he said, the two of you at the moment, if you were a Venn diagram, you would have complete overlap. Mm. What you need to do is have the tiniest little bit of overlap so that you can admire what the other person is doing, but you're not overlapping so much that you're both replicating. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think that was brilliant information. So 
after that, that's when we started up our mentor program. And I mean, that's been running. This is our 22nd year this coming year. Congratulations. Running the mentor program. We decided to divide and conquer in terms of the topics that we wrote about, that we presented about. And it didn't matter that we were such different people because we brought such different strengths to the table. How did you wiggle into that position? Because from an ego perspective, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but obviously we're humans and we do have an ego and we need that to keep us safe. How did you sort of wiggle those those circles back? You know, and I'm I'm referring to the Venn diagram there, mm. because you know, there, there would be lots of things that you knew that Chris did, and likewise him with you. How did you figure out? which part that you both took? Oh, there's a lot of trial and error. There's no doubt. In the end, it's the person who felt the most strongly about it. They were the ones to win. So Mm. we backed down on a lot. Like I don't look after the FX market, apart from the fact it doesn't actually interest me. Mm -hmm. That's something I'm very, very happy to leave to him you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. go for it. And so because I've been able to palm off some things that I don't like, some of the things that I do like, we have had to have a little bit of a negotiation to work out who does what. Mm. But whoever really feels the most powerfully about it is generally the one who gets it. (laughs) Yeah, I really like that. And and I just want to dive in just even a little bit further do you think that your personalities were right to do that right from the start or was that something that you that you had to discover? And I think I asked this. I'll give you the context of why I'm asking. That might be helpful. I've done business projects with lots of people and there is that really, really like, the overlap is almost two circles on top of each other and it, and it gets very difficult. I... Um, Whilst Tim Hyde and I are not in business fully like you and Chris are, I find Tim and I find it very easy for me to go, oh, Tim, that's your your zone of genius. You just do that. And his also, his ego doesn't sort of take over on the other side as well. Cause he'll go, oh, Sam, that's totally your, that's totally your field. And we and we are both very comfortable in ourselves to be able to do that. And I've found that there's a lot of people that I've worked with that aren't comfortable enough in themselves. So I'm I kind of wondering, was that something that you discovered with him before or is it something that you worked through? I think it did help having a friendship first. Uh One of the aspects, though, that I think is really important is that not just to worship the person's strengths, but also to hold their vulnerabilities. So, One of the examples perhaps that I can provide, it's, it's again, I'm, I'm not giving you a positive example here. I'm thinking. Of no, the, this is the, great. Because this, <laughs> do you know why this is so good? Is because it's real life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have got a, an association with a broker. Mm-hmm. And this particular broker we've known for 15 years. And for the first five, maybe 10 years of this relationship, this broker always considered Chris to be the senior partner. Mm-hmm. Always drove me crazy. Oh, and I Chris can said, Oh my goodness me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting it. I'm getting it really, really loud and clear. <laughs> 
So I confided in Chris with this. And so I was very vulnerable with this because not only does it strike to the core of personal power, it also strikes to the core of misogyny. And Mm -hmm. it frustrated me to such an extent because I'm supposed to be the leader for women coming through Mm -hmm. and I'm the one getting walked on. Mm. So we together planned a way for me to overcome this. Mm-hmm. And then Chris let me overcome it, but with him as my ally. Mm-hmm. So we tried a few tactics first where if this person talked over me, Chris would pop up his hand and say, just a moment. All right, that's good. That's one level. But then moving up to a higher level is where I confront. So the confrontation was fantastic because I planned it out in advance. I practiced it with Chris and Chris did not maintain eye contact with this guy. He gave me his attention as I was berating this person. <laughs> that is, dude, you, you might think that's not a great story. I think that is absolutely fabulous. That is so good. And that, you know, every single woman that's, that's listening to this right now is cheering for both of you, for you, not just standing up for it, but also having a male to support you in what needed to be done. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. And it is interesting as well that after you do stand up to somebody like that, because he's a strategic business associate of ours. So I couldn't just wipe him off, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. some people you can give the flick and it won't make any difference, but this was important. This was important to us. So I did say to this gentleman, look, I know you do think that Chris Tate is a senior business partner here, but can I just mention to you that you are giving the attention to the wrong area? Because in this situation, I will be making the decision and Chris will be going along with everything that I say. So if you don't convince me, if you don't suck up to me, if you don't (laughs) provide benefit to me, then the relationship is over. And I can call the shots right now and right here if that's what you want. So what's the answer going to be? So I think it's important to recognize the areas where you are vulnerable, first Mm -hmm. of all, and confide them to your business partner. Because if it tells you that that business partner is not going to hold you in that Mm -hmm. vulnerability, that's giving you a big perspective on who that person is as well. You need to actually demand that you are held in your vulnerability. Mm. You really do, because that is what the one plus one equals five equation will end up looking like rather than the two pack horses just getting to the destination. There's a lot more flavor we can give to this. Absolutely. I love that. And thank you for sharing that story. I'm just like, yes, go Louise. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Now, you have been running your business. Now, is it 22 years? Have I got that um, right? The mentors program's been running 22 years, but the actual tradinggame.com.au has been running for longer than that. Yes. That's so awesome. But you've been running courses for 22 years. Yes. Yes. Over that time, because that's that's quite a long time, especially in sort of this course creation. And over this time, there's been so much change from, you know, the old tapes that we used to get to put in the tape recorder. I'm sure that's what you had because I certainly <laughs> had them, <laughs> you know, to the CDs, to the online. There's lots of, there's lots of um, changes along the way in application. But I'm assuming also in the deliverables within the course, how do you really focus to make sure that those courses are, I guess, at the top of their game without getting bored? Yes. 
that's such an important part because I think sometimes we're the ones that get bored with the marketing first, Mm -hmm. not our clients. We're the ones that need novelty. And I do want to encourage your listeners to consider areas that they can excel in nuance rather than novelty. Mm-hmm. Finding things that float your boat that are little changes can make all the difference. And to have little mini projects on the side that feed into that greater vision, it's so important. The key way that I've been able to find that I've been able to do that is to ask my clients. So our course is a repeat for free course. So we have a very loyal client base because every year when the course changes, we have the people who have repeated for two decades. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's yep. lovely. Yep. I run surveys into that client base. I ask specific questions and I ask for criticism. Now, I do it carefully because I don't want to be seen on a public forum asking Mm -hmm. for criticism. Mm -hmm. I do it privately. So Mm -hmm. we have got a graduate forum and I actually say, what are our gaps? If you wish, if you had a wish list, if you could wish that we would provide one thing for you over the next 12 months, what would that be? If you can identify a weakness for us, what would that weakness be? Is there something that you've seen that one of our competitors is doing that you wish we were doing? And I get my little market research team of my clients to feed me that information and they even act as beta testers. So I'll give you perhaps one specific example because this is from last week. Mm -hmm. So one of the gaps that we had, and this is identified by a client, Jeff Mears, who's one of our helpers at our functions, he said that when we give a senior buddy to one of the new people coming through because we we assign somebody to help them. Yep. He said there's not enough training for that senior buddy. Mm. Mm. So we need to help our empowerers be satisfied with their role, provide sustenance for their ego, but also specific tools to be able to help them encourage their newbie mm-hmm. and ways for that newbie to excel And the key thing that it ended up being after a lot of investigation is setting boundaries. So helping that senior person set boundaries with that new person so they knew exactly what to expect from that relationship. Mm. And I've created a three-video course for those clients, for those special people to help support them. And I never had that. I mean, we haven't had that for the last two decades. Mm. We're launching it next year. So that was a beautiful suggestion. I don't know why it hadn't occurred to me. Just adding. So clients can be a valuable source. I think it's fine to say I don't know why that hadn't occurred to me, but we're we're in, and this is something that you know that we need to remember as business owners that we're in so deep that the perception that we have of everything is very, very different. So being able to ask your clients or having a mentor or someone from the outside that can see different gaps that you can't, I I personally think is absolutely essential. And I love that you're tapping into the clients because that is, you know, it means that you're increasing your retention, you're getting better referrals. It means that, you know, you've got a whole new, a whole, not new, a better energy, I guess, around that people are attracted to. Because when you've got great energy, people are attracted to that. And they actually helped me create that 
training campaign. So we had our key people involved. And I think everybody likes that because, you know, you get a little bit of a kick out of something new. And especially as well with some of the people that were involved, they brought things to the table that we never would have considered at all. Mm. Mm, mm. And what I love is is what you said that the nuance versus what did you say nuance versus this is novelty novelty I think that this is a really important piece as well because I see a lot of people starting something it hasn't quite worked and it's like they drop the whole thing and start something new rather than realizing okay well I've already got the framework here how do I then add to it and make it better and better and better and then completely on another level. It could be really boring doing the same thing day in, day out for 22 years. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so, so it's really ticking all boxes there. <laughs> Love that. Now, in business, um, to have a business the size that you do, I believe that relationships are the almost the foundation of everything else that happens. I know that relationships are also very important to you and you – created the happiness project uh, recently. I'd love you to share about this because I think that this is this some real, real gold in here. Yeah. Um, this is actually based on the work of Gretchen Rubin, who wrote the book called The Happiness Project, where each month she did a specific thing. Maybe it's a theme, maybe it's around family one month. And I think that that was a great way to go because it focused in on something she could control, so that internal locus of control. One of the things that I did, which I just, I really think this has just brought me so much happiness, so few people are going to do this though, admittedly, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is I wrote a card a day for a year. So I... First of all, the first three months were easy. I went through my past contacts and I wrote thank yous and it was appreciation, it was encouragement, it was thank you for the role you've had in my life, loads of gratitude. And after the first three months, I ran out of people. (laughs) (laughs) It's surprising how easy it is to exhaust our words with that Mm -hmm. and our contacts. The most amazing thing happened. I went right back into my past. I found the first lady that ever gave me a job. I found people that had influenced me who were authors who I'd never written to before. Uh Uh-huh. I wrote to every single person who helped me in a shop with outstanding service. Wow. (laughs) And I have to say... It has rewarded me. I mean, that was a few years ago now. It has rewarded me time and time again. I'm still a big card writer. I write a lot to my clients that do something special. I have an unsung hero segment on my podcast at talkingtrading.com.au where I'll identify somebody who has actually great personal qualities or is achieving wonderfully or even that overcame some difficulty. Mm -hmm. I'll talk about the unsung hero in our business at that stage. But I've got to say this card writing thing totally got me. I have got friends now based on that experience that I never would have had before. I tracked down people from my past. There's no way I would have even thought of tracking them down without that beautiful project to inspire me. I was sent photos of me. I had my own business when I was at uni. Uh-huh, uh-huh. The lady that gave me that job, she sent me photos of me at the age of 19 
oh my gosh, it was incredible. We were in the local paper, personnel agency. I I have forgotten all about that. It was amazing. So just that walk down memory lane was priceless. I think it energized me. I know it energized the people I sent cards to. And if you're going to do it, Samantha, I think you'd love it. Well, we did have a little chat about this before we started recording because this has actually been on my radar for a couple of years. And I keep thinking, is it the time? Is it the time? Because I also love writing cards. So when I send gifts to my clients, I always handwrite cards, which um, I know that there's um, uh, there's companies out there that you can sort of send cards, but it's the the greeting is printed on there and they send them out. And it's never appealed to me because I want to actually handwrite in the cards because I think that that adds a, a, a level of something that we don't see anymore. Like when I was in high school, I used to have pen friends and it was normal to get a letter in the mail and to read someone's handwriting, but it's very rare now to see someone else's handwriting. Yeah. But in saying this, I got a handwritten card in the mail just yesterday and it really it put a smile on my face for the whole day. It was just, I just loved it. It gives you a boost. If you think about the things that we loved when we were 10 years old, 12 years old, often those are the things that still inspire and bring us into our own again to own it. I loved getting cards when I was a kid. I loved pretending to write books. It was just so exciting. And now the things that get me going were the things that, you know, were clearly in my heart from way back then. So one thing though, if you're going to do this, Samantha, you, I'll, I'll perhaps temper a couple of the things. Yes, yeah. a handwritten card is fantastic, but that is a huge goal. That is massive. Mm-hmm. Would you consider using a company where you can type in your own personal message? And ah, they that's send what the- I was talking about. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I did. I used okay. a company called Send Out Cards. There's heaps uh-huh. of them. Don't necessarily use that one necessarily, but uh, whatever you prefer, whatever you find. I typed in personal messages and it allows you to put in photos. So you can take your own children's faces and put them on the front of the card you can when my daughter broke her leg I asked on Facebook for people's suggestions about what I can do with a kid in lockdown with a broken leg Uh and I put cards together based on her little (laughs) explorations with jigsaw puzzles if somebody sent something for her I put that photo in the card for them and that I think may automate away some of the concerns for you. Ah, Sitting down every night, it's another thing on your to-do list. You may not get it done, love. Yeah. (laughs) Good pickup. Good (laughs) pickup. I want to go back to the trading a little bit because certainly this is where we started the conversation what have you seen? Because I'm sure that you've got many clients that are in business and have started trading and have been successful in it. What are some of the lifestyle changes you've seen with some of these business owners that have, you know, gone in and and brought in this different stream of income? How has it changed their life? This is my hot button. This is Mm -hmm. the thing that keeps me going when I don't want to go on from a business perspective is thinking about the changes in people's lives. I'll tell you I'll tell you a little story about my little boy when he was 7, so he's 18 now. Uh-huh. So so when he was little. When he was little, <laughs> yes. He said to me, 
over dinner something that I just cherish and maybe it'll give you an idea about why this is so big for me. Back then, I'd booked out the mentor program and it had all happened in a big rush, an hour and a half, bookings were closed, and my husband and I were so excited. And I said to my little guy, I said, why is it that you think mum and dad are so excited about booking out the mentor program? Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to actually express this one without tears coming to my eyes. And he said... You're so excited because now the children of those people will be able to have the things that I have. Oh, wow. And I said, what are those things? And he said, I've got both parents at home looking after me. We get to go on holidays wherever we want and I get to go to the school that I want to go to. He didn't just mention that he had a new bike. He didn't say, I've got this truck. He actually tapped into the core values that I was hoping to convey to my children and to the people who I care for in my mentor program in such a unique way. I just thought, wow, I'm on the right track because sometimes as parents, not just mothers, fathers too, Mm -hmm. you put all of this effort into your business and you go, is this taking me away from my child? Mm. Is this something that is actually a positive example? Or are they seeing me tired and stressed out, working all hours? What sort of example am I setting? And I want to encourage the people listening that you are setting a fine example about personal responsibility and what it takes to get ahead. And your children are watching. They Mm -hmm. are watching your every move and they are absorbing it through osmosis. So if you think that they're not, I can guarantee that they are. They Mm. really are. Mm -hmm. I want to encourage you to keep on going. If things are looking tough, your kids are seeing how you overcome adversity. If things are jubilant and joyous, they're seeing what that does to your ego. They're seeing what that does to their lifestyle and how it impacts them. So just know you've got a little person watching. I always encourage my traders with kids at home, get your kids coloring in charts, get your kids drawing shares, give them something Mm. to do while you're trading. And then once you've finished trading, give them 100% of your attention. Make Mm. sure they realize they're part of the vision for the family. Include them in every way. I've got an account for my children where we're trading with them so that Mm -hmm. they can see how it's done. And hopefully down the track, when it's their time, they'll be able to pick that up and run. I taught my niece who was 11 years old how to trade. By the time she was 18, she bought herself a car, she went around the world and she she has now got an amazing lifestyle based on the principles of trading, not just the income coming in. Mm. It's those things we leave in our children that really count. Mm, that is just so important. I interviewed my daughter on um I can't remember which podcast episode it is, but I'll link it in the show notes. It's actually one of our top 10 most downloaded episodes where I had, how it happened was her and I went on this random on 24 hours notice trip, road trip to to Byron Bay. She just just rang me and went, mom, I've got the next like, you know, five days off work. Don't suppose you want to go to Byron Bay tomorrow? Yeah, why not? I can do it. So we we did it. And it was fascinating to be in the car with her for, for such a long trip. You know, we were in the car for two days and to be chatting to her about some of the things that had come up from her childhood. 
And it was fascinating. It fascinated me so much that we recorded a podcast episode on it in exactly what you're saying with, with her giving the perspective through her eyes as a child to say, do you know what, as a parent, you might be, you know, have some like mother guilt or father guilt around what's happening. She said, but this was my perspective as a kid. I didn't get any of that. Like you might've felt that, but I didn't feel it. And, you know, this is what I've learned from seeing you and dad running your own business. And this is how it means that I am, you know, she's in the corporate world. She actually decided not to go into business. Um, But why, you know, from the conversations that we had at the table. And I love that you're having these conversations or, or you did with your children and your niece, because where, where, um, we're helping them to see that the the reality that many people in the world have is not the reality of everyone. We don't have to just, you know, get good grades and go to uni and get a corporate job and have a house with a white picket fence. It doesn't have to be that way. And that's something that I'm really, really passionate about as well is that I think that if everyone in the world was living in a way that was perfect for them, this world would be a really, really different place. And that your own actions can inspire people. You don't even realize who is looking on. Mm-hmm. I had a, another little story here for you, actually, just thinking about this as you were talking. My sister started going out with a new man uh-huh. and he didn't know that much about our family's background, okay? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He came to Mother's Day and then he started saying, oh, you know, so what do you do? How do you two spend your time, you know, trying to get an idea who we were? And I said about how I help traders make money so that they can put money into their pockets and make it stick so that it's not just a, an instant flash and then they don't have any more money. We're talking about longevity of income. So he proceeded to call me a gambler to say, well, that's not very morally responsible of you because people should go to uni and get a job. That's the only way you'll really get ahead. Okay, so I'm taking it all and I'm watching my nieces and nephews' eyes fire up and finally one of them couldn't stand it anymore and they just said, you have to stop talking. You don't know what you're talking about and then they all jumped on him. Mm -hmm. They totally made my case for me and If there was ever a doubt in my mind that it's bigger than just me, it was eradicated with that one Mother's Day lunch. It was so much fun to see him be put back into his box, not by me, but by Mm. the people who I care for and who Mm -hmm. I've trained and who have got a wealth mindset beyond their years. Mm -hmm. They Mm -hmm. stuck up for themselves in such a beautiful way. Oh my gosh, I just, uh, that's one of my finest moments, I think. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but it just goes to prove that they exactly, exactly what you were just saying, they're taking in everything. And it's not about what we say to people, it's about that just, you know, living and breathing and seeing those values lived out every single day. And that's, that's how we, we, uh, that's how you've helped those, uh, those people, your nieces and nephews. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> so good. Now, you did mention earlier uh, uh, that you have a trading plan template. I'd love you to share a little bit about what this is and where people can get this because anyone that's listening would be totally like, okay, let, let's look into this. This I can hear what Louise has achieved, what she helps people achieve. Let's look into this. So I'd love you to share. 
Fantastic. Well, look, if you're looking to encourage yourself in terms of how you can achieve, it can be an incredible life for you if you include trading alongside. If you're looking to have more freedom, more independence, have the ability to develop a side hustle income alongside your business, then this can be the area that you can call home. So you can come to Trading Game com.au and download my free trading plan template that will cover all of the areas you need to know about in the share market to help you get going professionally and you'll also get in that same registration on tradinggame.com.au you'll get my five-part e-course called Trading Made Simple. It's an ideal way to start. It'll give you the core concepts about how to trade effectively and it will get you going professionally and quickly and with a minimum of fuss. This time next year, you could be an exceptional trader. It is within your reach and it's probably easier than you think. Love it. Well, we know who's going to be the first person from this episode to go download that because I think I've just said I don't know how many times that it's it's time. It's time to look into it. So I will definitely be going and grabbing a copy of that, Louise. Thank you so much for coming onto the show, for sharing all of your wisdom, all of your stories. It's been an absolute pleasure. And uh, I look forward to seeing where you end up in the next 10 or 20 years and the nuances in your course going into the future. Fantastic. And Samantha, I've got a lot of my clients listening to your show as well. Can you tell me where people who are not familiar with your podcast can find you and how you can help them? Absolutely. So, um, I actually, the way that I help my clients is by helping established experts, um, coaches, course creators to leverage their, their knowledge and to turn that into money. So really, I love that our values are so aligned that we really want people to live their life by design. That's my absolute goal is having people that are happy and healthy and doing what it is that they do. So my podcast is Thought Leaders Business Lab, and you can find me at samantharily.global forward slash podcast. Fantastic. Lovely chatting with you today, Samantha. Thanks so much, Louise. Ciao. It's been great to share another episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab podcast with you. If you want more, head over to samanthariley.global forward slash podcast for the show notes, the links from today's sponsors, and to download your detailed episode companion for the extensive notes and value bombs we shared today. And if you're looking to connect with other experts and change makers just like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive Thought Leaders Business Lab community on Facebook. The links are waiting for you over at samanthariley.global forward slash podcast.